y'all. It's your host, Avery Carl. Welcome to the short-term show special episode series on Scottsdale, Arizona. So in these 10 episodes, we are going to take a deep dive into the Scottsdale market, but I want to note a couple of things for you guys first. So if you are looking for current income numbers and current purchase prices, or you want to set up a search of Scottsdale properties, you can do that at our website, theshorttermshop.com. You can also connect with us there to get connected with our Scottsdale agents or any of our other markets, any agents in the other markets that we work in. So hope you guys enjoy our Scottsdale mini series and we'll catch you guys later. Be sure to join our Facebook group. It's called Short-Term Rental, Long-Term Wealth, same title as my book. And we'd love to connect with you there as well. Thanks guys, let's go. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Short-Term Show special episode series on the Scottsdale market. So in the previous episode, we talked about income numbers. On this episode, we're gonna talk about expenses. So to help me do that, I have uh, a great panel of people. We have our agents in Scottsdale and Treb Ryan. I'll introduce them one at a time. You guys are gonna be familiar with Leslie and Jessica at this point, but Leslie, go ahead and introduce yourself really quick if people just kind of jumped on during this episode. So I'm an Arizona native, born and raised in um, Arizona all my life. Moved outside of Arizona for six months. Loved it so much I came back. I am an agent here helping anybody that wants to invest in Scottsdale acquire that goal. And I'm also an investor. So excited to help all clients. Thank you, Leslie. And Jessica, introduce yourself really quick for those that may not be familiar already. My name is Jessica Rush. I live just outside of Scottsdale in the East Valley. I um, work with the short-term shop and I'm excited to help investors that are interested in getting inve- um, involved in the investment space in the Scottsdale area. Thanks, Jessica. And last, we have Treb Ryan. Treb, do you want to introduce yourself really quick? Hey, yeah, my name is Treb Ryan. Um, I have uh, been an investor in short-term rental properties for a while up in Tahoe. I have recently just purchased my first unit in Scottsdale. Um, and so I have been getting inside that market uh and seeing it from uh, the, the perspective of how Scottsdale is different from what I've seen in other places. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time and coming on today. So first, we're just going to go through some of the more boring everyday stuff uh, in terms of expenses. So let's talk about electric. I would imagine that the air conditioner here, all your air conditioner and your heat is all electric. It's not gas or anything else. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it, it's electric. It's really the 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 one big bill um, from both the the heat and the air conditioning side. It's not as bad as I thought it would be. It looks <laughs> like, uh, yeah, you know, you just kind of assume with the amount of electricity, but I think that the rates are are, are fairly reasonable. So it's looking like it's about uh, ten cents a square foot for uh, the condo I'm in. So about sixty seventy bucks a month for a seven hundred square foot condo. It might get larger with a larger house, but that's in line, if if not a little lower than what we would see. I've seen in other locations uh, for the electricity bill, and that's it. Just electricity, no gas um, or other. It's it's one bill. Um, there is a gas stove, but it's it's still in that same kind of range. Okay, so your energy is electric mostly. That's typically mm-hmm. uh, it gets really really hot in the summer here, so that's going to be kind of high in the summertime, right? Yeah, it should get higher in the summertime. What we're seeing, again, looking at some of the the previous pieces, it's not as bad as you think. Uh, Also, on top of it, um, you know, to be really straightforward, uh, one of the nice parts about the Scottsdale market is, I guess it can be called a feature instead of a bug, is that you tend to have a a true kind of off-season in in Scottsdale, uh, unlike some other locations. 
which is actually built into how we have the property, um, so meaning there's not going to be as many people in it in the summertime. Um, and so you can, you know, keep the place at a little warmer temperature, uh, be a little more efficient, keep the shades uh, drawn, those kinds of things that would often cause that to go up a bit. Um, so it, it, is, it, it does go up in that, that note, but not to such an extent that it, uh, um, it's, uh, it becomes prohibitive to have it uh, at that time of year. So a lot of electric companies um, will actually average your bill out for you. So instead of having um, great big spikes, like if you're going to have a rental that um, is still going to be uh, used during the summertime, then and and you're still having to run electricity and use your air conditioning, a lot of electric companies here um, in the valley they they're sensitive to you know having really high spikes in your electric bill um, during the summertime. So they'll actually average your bill out over the whole year. So and that's what we do. Um, at our house, um, since we, you know, are using it all year round and it, I think we were in like the mid one hundreds, I think for electric bill. Um, but they also, a lot of houses in the Valley do also use gas for heat as well. So, so if we're using gas for heat, well, let's, let me back up a little bit. So sometimes there's gas for heat. Is there, is it common to see gas appliances like gas ranges and things in this market and are there many fireplaces and if so are they also gas yes so a lot i don't know about leslie but a lot of the gas fireplaces that i've seen are gas um very few wood burning fireplaces you see that more like up north in the mountain markets but yes a lot of gas burning fireplaces and then if a client really if if i notice that there's gas on the property but the range is electric then you can actually like pull the range out and make sure there's not a gas um, hook up there because sometimes there is a gas hook up there but they just have an electric stove range there um but like our house the house i'm sitting in right now it has a gas fireplace and a gas hookup um, for a barbecue grill um, outside but no gas for the stove unfortunately so yeah, and I, I, I misspoke. We do have gas uh, heat, gas fireplace, and a gas stove. I, I misspoke, and that was in the uh, APS, which is the power company's bill. Um, but I, I now, I'm, now I'm going through it right now and uh, rereading it. Actually, that's included in the uh, HOA uh, in our case. So the only uh, bill, and I've seen this pretty common in the Scottsdale market. Matter of fact, I've seen a lot of uh, locations when you're looking at, at condos that even included electricity, which I found to be quite surprising considering what the use is. But, uh, you know, in this market, it seems to be pretty common under your HOAs. You would have uh, water, uh, obviously garbage, uh, gas, um, sewer, uh, all included within the HOA dues, uh, which is actually uh, one of the things that made the, uh, in this particular case, uh, where I've done houses in the past, it was a very appealing from a simplicity's perspective because uh, you can get a very consistent and you only have to have one bill uh, to remind a payer two as opposed to having to remind a pay six or seven. Yeah, well, let's talk about that since you brought it up. So do we see many HOAs here and what is the typical, obviously they're not all going to be the same, but what's the typical range we see for HOA fees in this market? And what do they cover? Uh, so from a condo side, um, you know, I'll let the other speak to the, the home side. Obviously, they're going to be there with every single condo, but they tend to be the ones, at least the ones I've looked at, tend to be comprehensive uh, in terms of what they cover. Again, like I said, it's unusual for me to have seen in other markets, HOAs, my HOA up in, you know, HOAs up in Tahoe do not come close to covering things like, you know, sewer or 
or water, uh, much less even sometimes electricity. So you're getting all, all of those in place. As far as uh, the, the price point on the HOA, you know, talking about $400 a month for, you know, a, a condo that costs in the 300000 seemed to be pretty common in, in that range, you know, within within 10% either way. I don't think it's anybody coming up and trying to ask for, you know, eight $900 on a, a cheaper condo or having a really uh, lower point on a higher condo. Um, I, I I believe, and we'll get this, this one humongous advantage, and this is something uh, actually maybe... Leslie can address on the, the housing side, but I can see it on the condo side. Um, I, I also think they must be covering a good amount of the property taxes because the property taxes for condos in Scottsdale are insanely low. Um, when I say low, it's $300 on a $300,000 condo a year. Um, so that's 0.1%. So I'm assuming the rest of that comes in through the HOA fees. Uh, otherwise, I don't know how they'd operate the government without at least you know a couple more percentages of uh, uh, property taxes. But so it even includes, if it doesn't, uh, the there, but the property tax uh, rates are extremely low for condos uh, in the Scottsdale area. All right. Cool. What about for single families, guys? Do we see a lot of HOAs for the single family homes that we're buying in these markets or not? not a ton of HOAs or yeah. What, what does that look like? There definitely are HOAs, um, especially newer build properties. I'd say I'd venture to say all of them have HOAs. Um, so when I set up clients that are looking for a single family in the Scottsdale area, specifically, I do try and, and um, figure out the communities that have no HOAs. And those are oftentimes the, you know, the older homes that either have been remodeled or, need to go undergo remodeling. So it's hit and miss. I mean, we definitely have a market full of communities and then there are still some that, you know, do not have HOAs or or maybe the HOAs or the CCNRs have, you know, been long gone and just not an issue anymore. Okay. I definitely see just studying the market, I definitely see more properties without an HOA like starting around between the price point of 450 to 800,000. Um, and they are the older homes. Um, and that area there, there are some older construction homes in like the South Scottsdale and the North Phoenix area. Um, so, um, you could be looking at a block building, but, uh, yeah, I just tell them if, if we're looking at a non HOA home, it's probably going to be older. So there's probably going to be some inspection items, but, but yeah, there, there are some, so, and from a, a purely practical perspective, because I actually had to go through this once on, uh, on one property, make sure you investigate that the HOAs cover uh, the use of the common areas for the short-term rental guests. We had a, a, quite a dispute uh, where uh, the HOA board said that they didn't want short-term rental guests using the pool on the beach um, at, at a property. I, most of the time I've seen so far that it's not an issue if they allow STRs uh, in, in the facilities, they allow the, the users to actually use the common facilities, um, uh, the guests to use the common facilities, but uh, it is something you'll want to check on. If you're paying an HOA, but you can't get uh, advantage, take advantage of that for your guests, uh, that might create an issue on what you can rent it for. All right. All that makes sense. So we do see HOAs. You can expect to be in an HOA. I think that a lot of people get scared of HOAs, so I think this is good content that they'll know going in, hey, you're probably going to be in an HOA, that's okay. 
and, um, you know, not necessarily anything to be afraid of. And a lot of times HOAs do cover a lot of the stuff, especially if you're in a condo, they cover a lot of the things that you'd be having to pay for anyway. So like I'm standing in the bottom floor of one of my short-term rentals, it's a condo upstairs in an HOA and it's 500 bucks a month. And a lot of people will hear that and they'll go, oh my God, 500 bucks a month. That's insane. That's going to kill my cash flow. Well, it probably won't. You have to look a little deeper into what that covers. So that 500 covers everything, but it, but um, electricity for me. So it covers internet, water, exterior maintenance. I only have to ensure what's inside of the building instead of the exterior of the building, which is a lot cheaper. Uh, there's a pool that's not private, but the public, the public pool, the HOA pool is like, I could throw a rock and hit it right now literally. So it's right there really close to my back door, but I don't have to maintain that personally. So you just want to look at what all the HOA covers because it covers a lot of things that a lot of bills that I'd be having to pay independently anyway. So it's not just, okay, I have to pay all these bills and 500 a month. It's that 500 a month covers a lot of that. So just keep that in mind. It's not necessarily anything to be worried about, as I'm sure Treb would agree. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. If, if you, you know, when you go uh, add up your expenses at the end of the year on a, uh, a home, you know, you have some more upside. I agree with you there uh, with the home in terms of, of what you can get for the, the rental rates. But you really do find how much time you're going to be spending on additional maintenance pieces, you know, uh, maintaining the hot tub, uh, uh, keeping the house painted. Um, there's just so many things, uh, you know, uh, landscaping uh, obviously is uh, going to be a cost for for most people in most regions. It's going to be significant. So you add those up. And again, it, it, the HOA kind of takes away some of the freedom to manage those costs down. But on the other hand, it also takes away a lot of the responsibility of uh, those pieces because you're really just dealing with interior maintenance and cleaning and maybe one or two utility bills. Anybody who's done anything on a, 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 a full house rental knows that that can get to be, you know, 10, 12, uh, 13 items a month for the different areas you're taking care of. Absolutely. So let's talk about exterior maintenance now. So it seems like, and correct me if I'm wrong, that in this market, there's not a lot of market specific maintenance, such as snow removal or like in beach markets, you've got a lot of corrosion of any any metal pieces that are outside. What does the maintenance look like on a, a property around here? Anybody want to take that? I'd say one thing that I noticed about exterior maintenance with uh, homes in Arizona, having living, living, lived other places, we, we have stucco siding exterior mostly. So we do have to paint every once in a while. Um, but Properties around here are pretty low maintenance <laughs> because of the desert. They're built for the desert. They'll, they're built to last in the desert. So, so they keep them pretty simple. But yeah, as far as the exterior of the house, there's no like site. There's usually no siding. It's usually stucco exterior. So you, you paint there and then we have a, a mix of like shingle roofs and asphalt roofs. And, and uh, as long as you take care of your roof, that's good. But, but yeah, no rust, no snow. Um, no flooding usually, unless you're at the base, base of a mountain range somewhere. But, um, but yeah, I, th I think it's usually pretty simple. I agree. All right. Do you guys have, uh, do you have, I know a lot of, there's a lot of desert landscaping. Are you still using a, a weekly landscaping service for your properties? I, if in my personal property, they come twice a month. So bi-weekly. And I think that's sufficient, but I think that if you have a rental and, you know, you want to, you know, keep up on the landscaping, it wouldn't be a bad idea to have weekly. Um, sometimes weeds can get out of control depending on, you know, the area in which you live and 
you know, the water supply or sprinkler system. Um, so I just feel like, and if you're in an HOA specifically, uh, they want you to keep up on, you know, weeds showing and things like that. Even if you didn't have an HOA and I feel if it's a rental, it may not be a bad idea, just depending on how much lands, you know, what, what your landscaping looks like. If it's, if it's desert, maybe not as much, but if you have grass, uh, definitely. Yeah. It seems like maybe you probably don't want to have grass if you're buying here because it just seems like a lot to keep grass alive. Like I know here in Florida, we don't have grass in any of our single families. We have other types of landscaping like rocks, et cetera, because it's just too hard to keep grass alive here. Is that the case there? Yes. So Jessica had mentioned like the average thing for APS. I was also on, we called it the equalizer program. We transitioned to removing all of our grass and doing, you know, the artificial turf. And then shortly after that, we ended up doing solar. So when you're on, you know, solar, you're not on the equalizer program anymore. They completely remove it. So I'm transitioning from, you know, knowing what my average was literally every month, even in winter months to, you know, figuring out the ups and downs of, of electricity use and, and how that correlates with solar and things like that. But yeah, I mean, I, I just feel like costs are, you know, interesting when it comes to that. It could be, it's, it's just so random. Um, for me though, I, I, I saw the water bill completely change when we went artificial turf, like by $150. And we didn't, we don't have that much grass, but just the sprinklers, the timers, all of that, the drip system, it all just kind of um, accumulates. And that's one more system to break and have to pay to maintain as well. Yeah, exactly. That's how I was going. You know, when you do, <laughs> I think sometimes people forget that, you know, or they tell you, why, why aren't you doing this? It's like, if it's a short-term rental, you, you need to think about that in terms of the guest experience, but also the maintainability of it. Um, and so many things that you may be able to maintain when you're in the home on your own and may be willing to pay $150 to have real ga- grass and have someone come out and do a, a mow and blow on your yard. This is a, a rental property. And can you get there 95% of the way by doing something that is not only going to be less expensive for running, but uh, more durable? Uh, that's what I, I always think is I, I wish I could search across the internet for when I put something in. Durable, please. Uh, durable. Who makes the most durable dishes? Please. <laughs> I want to know that uh, more than what's the most popular in the set this year. So uh, <laughs> that uh, I just redid the bathroom. They do not have durable toilets listed when you look up at, at Home Depot. You have to just kind of work your way through which ones are going to be the most reliable. But they, uh, yeah, you'll think about that with your landscaping. You know, yes, you're going to have rare guests in there that might require more landscaping than you would need and would also might require more maintenance because of uh, what you put in as opposed to something that might be a little more streamlined for your guests. All right. Well, let's talk about internet for a minute. Let's switch gears to stuff inside the house. So are we just doing internet or are we doing internet and cable? Do you still have cable? No, I don't. I personally don't. I'm, I'm, I tell people, we, we were really scared to cut the cable cord for a while because we thought, oh, you know, older people that don't necessarily know how to use streaming services or there's always going to be a game that somebody wants to watch that they can't get. But since we cut the cord, that's cut a lot of cost. Uh, from our cable and internet bill, obviously. And um, we haven't had any complaints. We we roll only streaming services in all of our properties now. 
Um, yeah, I, I think if you know how to use the Airbnb app, you know how to use a streaming service. So I just I'll go with that. Uh, yeah, yeah and that's a good point. I, I, I you're right. I, I was was quite the same when I put my first one up about six years ago. Um, and the response was the, the general people who use uh, the uh, Airbnbs have a, a facility with streaming services. I mean, to be honest with you, too, I just leave myself logged in on, on YouTube TV. Um, that means my recommendations show up strange sometimes, but uh, <laughs> most of the time it doesn't create much of a problem. So, Gotcha. And are there any areas, I would imagine not, but in some markets there are areas like this, so I'm going to ask it anyway. Are there any areas where you have a difficult time getting good, fast internet in Scottsdale, or is that pretty much a non-issue? I can see there being an issue in like North Scottsdale, like on the other side of the mountain range, but in town, I don't. I haven't heard of anybody having any issues in town. I, I think internet's probably plentiful. Yeah, I figure because it's a very metro-ish market, probably not a lot of internet problems. Yeah, I, I, I don't think so. Not that I've heard. All right, well, well, let's switch gears here. Let's talk about cleaners. So Treb, how big is your property and what does your cleaner charge you per turn at that property? Uh, yeah, and I had a hard time finding a cleaner. Uh, really? uh, did find somebody who's relatively new to the space, but was uh, quite responsive. So I w- wasn't uh, negotiating too hard on that. Uh, 100 bucks on you know 700 square foot property, uh, one bedroom. Seems, uh, again, you know, probably could I have found someone cheaper if I'd gone long enough to go down to, uh, you know, 70. Uh, and that includes, you know, all, all the regular stuff, uh, linens and, and, uh, dishes and a, a complete turnover of the place. It just seemed like that was a reasonable price point that it wasn't going to scare out. Uh, and, and looking across the board was, uh, when I looked at just what was competitively out there for other listings in the area, they were all around that 80 to $120 range. So it seemed to, like it was, uh, pretty consistent from one place to the next. Cool. And does your cleaner, do they, Provide linens, or are you providing linens? I'm, I'm yeah, no, I'm providing the linens, uh, but they, they have, you know, and, and with extra, so they can rotate and take them offsite if need be. Um, and so, you know, that, that's an option. But I don't know how how the cleaning is going. They can. There's an on-site washer dryer, but if they wanted, they can take uh, a set offsite and uh, do those if they if time is a the important part and just bring them back the next uh, for the next guest or they can uh, do them within within the unit while they're cleaning the unit. Gotcha. And in terms of consumables like coffee filters, paper towels, toilet paper, all that, do they provide those or do they tell you, hey, Treb, we're running low on paper towels and you just Amazon it to them? I've seen both. Um, I'm a, the belief that the, the the basic consumables, that you know, anything you're not adding to the place is maybe your own personal touch. Like some people like to do a bottle of wine or something. That should come from a. If you're an Airbnb cleaner, um, they should be providing uh, the uh, soap, uh, paper towels, uh, dishwasher detergent, and um, and uh, toilet paper, uh, and, and have that across the board. Um, I will say because I was struggling, I've come to a different arrangement. Uh, with my existing uh, cleaner where we provide that in the, uh, an owner's closet and uh, Amazon to him, along with some other things that aren't as common, which in my case is uh, Keurig coffee cups. So I like to make sure there's a full you know, Keurig service for the people who are in place and you know, cream and sugar. So we just put that together that way. But And again, I've seen both different ones, but Generally, if someone's a professional, you know, uh, doing professional cleaning uh, across the board, primarily for short-term rentals, 
they should have a supply that they keep with them um, for the the stuff that Airbnb requires, toilet paper, paper towels, um, uh, soap, shampoo, that kind of thing. Okay, awesome. Is there anything else that they that costs you money in terms of supplying for the cleaner related to cleaning and supplies? That's so much the cleaner, but uh, I've expanded my term of consumables uh, to include um, also glasses, silverware, and dishes, um, and pieces where I now keep extras of everything uh, in the unit and have the cleaner come in. Uh, by the way, I did have to look up a difference from what ash tempered glasses and soda ash, uh, tempered glass and soda ash glasses. I highly recommend tempered glasses, even though they're a little more expensive. Otherwise, the other ones seem to be uh, pop out about three every visit. Um, but, uh, you know, I, 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 on a consumables, we, we also keep a few other items um, just so there's always the appropriate stock of, you know, the number of dishes you need to have for your unit, the number of glasses you have for the unit, because otherwise you're going to be spending a lot of time trying to catch up on that stuff. All right. So that is kind of the end of my list of questions related to just running a short-term rental in this market. Is there anything that I haven't mentioned or that we might've missed that you guys think the listeners would benefit from hearing in terms of expenses of running a property in this market? And I don't know if you're covering this in the purchase cost. Uh, the one big expense that, we, uh, you know, that I, I looked at coming into both the Scottsdale market and just buying in general right now is uh, interest expense, uh, of course. The uh, interest rates have uh, significantly changed the calculation more and more than anything else is going to be probably your biggest expense, assuming that you're taking some sort of loan out on the property. It's not a big bother for me because I'm not doing this on a a short-term basis where I have to make immediate uh, cash on cash for the investment, Um, but it is going to have a a view on what the availability of uh, the different units are and what you can purchase. The, the, the big advantage is, is that as interest rates come back down, um, that should take a property that you can, that you've bought and maybe been at a break even, um, and over the long term become a significant, uh, much more significant generator of revenue as you can refinance a property, um, which is, by the way, how you should do all real estate. You know, you don't play it for the, the short term, right? <laughs> you don't play it in the short term, but you're looking about it for what the long term value is going to be. And a lot of people jump out when things like interest rates uh, get on them. So, so there's a real opportunity, I think, right now, if you're looking to invest. If you can hold while interest rates are up, you're going to see a, uh, a decline in uh, uh, the interest rates over time, which just make, you know, which also which should be a growing, you know, value of the, what you can get on a nightly rental. Uh, really, over a few years can make it uh, the property much more valuable for you just by showing patience and, and planning to buy and hold on it. All right. Anything else that we feel like we might have missed that listeners want to need to hear? I think another another item, but I don't know enough about it, would be the a heated pool on like a non-HOA home because a lot of pools here are heated. I don't know. And, they, and they're a lot of times propane. So, but I don't know what those costs generally are. The I think the, the good thing, the positive thing about uh, pools... Uh, on like a single family home, especially on a non-HOA, if you're, if you're going to own that and pay that bill, is that most of the pools here in Scottsdale are smaller pools, play pools. People just want something to get wet in. But I don't know enough about like, you know, typical expenses around the heated pools. But um, but that's something to, to consider because a lot of the single family homes do have pools and are heated. And great. It's, I think it's a it's a big positive to be heated for the wintertime. But 
I will play off that, Jessica. Um, I've noticed a lot of owners that will charge like an extra fee to utilize the heated pool to offset those costs. Mm -hmm. So like I've seen them as much as 200 starting out to about three, 350, depending on the size of the pool, like you said, um, just to per night or per day that you decide to, to utilize the heat on it. So it's, you know, you can make up the cost by charging extra if you wanted to go that route. And I, know, I do have property owners that have the smart technology with their pools where they can control the temperature of the pool remotely. Yeah. Uh, so, mm-hmm. yeah, we yeah, have that. I, 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 it does, I mean, it's to get a little off on that. Uh, and speaking of charging fees, because it's a, you would think it wouldn't, but it's a regular expense. If you do allow pets, I would recommend charging the pet fee because you are going to have a carpet cleaner on retainer. Outside of your actual regular cleaners, you will have to have someone in on a re- a very regular basis if you want to maintain the property uh, to the, the extent, no matter what anybody says, their dogs are going to pee on the carpet or the rugs. <laughs> and so you're going to have to get those taken care of if you allow pets into the property. Yeah. Who has carpet anymore? <laughs> no carpet. Uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, it's still quite big in Tahoe um, because of the, yeah. the warmth of it. And even as I'm eliminating oh. some rugs, you know, and so, you know, it, 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 and, and when you're taking the type of area, the large area rugs you have in place, uh, you, you're still going to, it, it's still easiest often to get someone to clean it than it is to go take it out to the carpet. I'd say carpet. It's not a lot of pets. Yeah. It's one of the two, but if you, yeah. if you allow them, you will have, I, I looked up, it was uh, one run right now. I probably got a hire was $1,400 last year on carpet cleaning. Uh, so yeah. I- I put carpet in the same category as I put real grass in this market. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. You may have to go in there and scrub out the get the grass replaced every once in a while too. If you're yeah. Out, so. yeah. When I come across listings and it's like new carpet installed, I'm like, oh, what a waste of money. Rip that out. Yeah, yeah. It's now it's it, like I said, it was it is primarily a Tahoe thing because of the warmth. Um but even so, yeah, I, I now replaced it in a couple of units with the hardwood and area rugs, but you still have, they're still going to pee on the area rugs. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, dogs seem to have a desire to do that over the hardwood for some reason. So they find the uh, spot. Uh, either way, it, there's a cost associated with that if you're allowing pets. And again, my recommendation is just charge a pet fee and you can you can cover those costs pretty easily. They just want to make sure all the other dogs know that this is their Airbnb. Uh, I know. <laughs> They do. Okay. Yeah. So big one that we missed pools. Duh. There's a lot of pools in this market. You're totally right. You got to have a pool heater. If you buy a property without a pool heater, get one. I bought one in Florida without one. And I was like, you don't need a pool heater in Florida. Yes, you do. Uh, (laughs) People, it will extend your season significantly. So, uh, and we do charge, I think we charge like 50 bucks a day for the pool heater. So definitely worth doing. And um, I think that that's, Really important. It costs us about 150 bucks a month to maintain our pool. Nothing, nothing too crazy. And our pool is not the newest, nicest. It was put in, I think, in the in the early 2000s. It's a liner pool. So other nicer ones are probably less to maintain. They're probably a little better. Uh, definitely something to keep in mind, though. You guys covered pet fees. Yeah, I think think we covered it. Well, thank you guys so much for your time. Uh, listeners, if you are ready to buy property in Scottsdale with the short-term shop with Jessica or Leslie, you can email us at agents at the short-term shop.com and we will hook you up with them. 
Or if maybe you're not quite ready to do that, you just want to hang out and learn more about short-term rentals, there's a couple of places you can do that. The first one is in our Facebook group, same title as my book. It's called Short-Term Rental, Long-Term Wealth on Facebook. There's about 60,000 people in there just hanging out, talking about short-term rentals. Or uh, if you guys have more specific questions, every Thursday, we have a live Zoom call Q&A, and you can join that at strquestions.com. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you.